Hi, this is Post Edit Jen, and I just wanted to come on before I even start the episode uh, by giving you a bit of a warning. So about six minutes in, you can hear this clack clackety noise, and I think it comes from the fact that I may have clipped on my mic a little weird, uh, so there's a bit of disturbance there. Um, I've made a men- I've made a mental note, so um, <laughs> hopefully in the future episodes it'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit annoying. Like I rarely find things annoying in terms of like audio and sound, so I find it annoying. If you find it annoying feel free to click off. I won't, I would even take it personally. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Jen here, and welcome back to the Day to Night podcast. This is actually the second time that I'm recording because uh, my first, like the first copy of it just flew away it disappeared and so this is take two um i i literally just spent like the past hour recording and it just disappeared (laughs) so that's fun oh the fun oh it's so fun um yeah and and technology is flawless right yeah okay (laughs) anyways um so i've been sick for the past oh this it's tuesday so i've been sick since Sunday. So the past three days, well, two and a half, I've been dying. Um, well, Sunday I was really dying and then Monday I was a lot better, but, um, yeah, I've, I've had indigestion for the past two and a half days. Um, I don't know how it came about. I don't know what I ate wrong. I don't know what I did to cause it, but, uh, Sunday morning I woke up, got in the shower because I was trying to be a responsible adult. Um, and after I finished, I was like toweling off and getting dressed and everything. And then suddenly I felt extremely faint. Um, and I I was like, oh no, not this again, because something similar happened when I was taking a bath, like I was coming out and, um, I guess at that time it was like low blood sugar. So, um, I, I come out, I'm like, oh, it's probably that again. Um, it's not as bad as last time, so I, I managed to walk to the kitchen and I get some soy milk. Um, I don't drink regular milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, I'm not terribly intolerant, but, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, I grab some soy milk and I chug some and I feel a little better, but not terribly. Um, like, I don't feel a lot better. A bit better, yeah. Uh, so I'm just sitting there on the floor being like, maybe this needs some time to get into my system. So I'm just sitting there and um, I'm not really getting any much better. So I think maybe it's a dehydration thing. So I chug two more glasses of water. And at this point, my mom's noticed and she's like, what's wrong? Um, And I tell her and she's like, oh, no, not this again as well. (laughs) Um, So I'm sitting there again on the floor being like, I wonder what what's wrong with me. And this headache, this you know, this terrible headache is coming on. And so I'm like, I'm going to go lie on the sofa. (laughs) Uh, So I'm I'm lying there for like the next 20 or so minutes. And then my mom's like, look, you should probably eat something. Um, So I, I try to eat, but I don't know if, if this has ever happened to you, I guess maybe people who don't like eating might relate. Um, But for me, like that, that meal was so incredibly hard. Um, which is really, really weird for me because I love eating. I like, I love food, right? <laughs> um, I love food. I love eating. But that time around, like eating was physically hard. It was physically hard and it was emotionally draining as well. 
Um, so that's definitely something of a concern for me. So I barely ate anything and I went to go lie down on my parents' bed <laughs> because it's the largest bed, it's a large room and I just like it. So I went there and I couldn't get up for the next seven hours. Like I, well, I could, but the moment I would sit up, I would get extremely dizzy and terrible headache and all of that. So, um, I just kind of lay there for the next seven hours and I had a nap from like 6.30ish, I want to say, to like 8.40. Um, so I had a good two hours nap. <laughs> um, like I was so tired from doing nothing. Um, yeah, like I know that's, that's really weird, but I was so tired from doing nothing. And so I had, I had to take a nap. I, I was like, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep. But I ended up sleeping. And, um, and for a second, in the middle of uh, Sunday, like Sunday night, Sunday evening, um, it suddenly hit me like, what if, what if I have Corona, right? Um, that was a terrifying thought, but because there were no testing centers open on Sunday nights, um, it's not like I could go get tested. So we're like, it's probably not, you don't show any of the symptoms. So it's probably not probably just indigestion you'll probably be fine tomorrow so I was like yeah sure but like if it gets worse then maybe I should so we're like like we being me and my parents were like uh yeah that's probably a good idea Monday comes around and I feel so much better um mind you I've I've you know I had my pills and everything like the night before um and I even like massaged my stomach to you know hopefully help with whatever's in there to like move along and do its thing um and um I felt so much better on Monday um like I could sit up I could walk around perfectly fine like I still didn't have an appetite and like eating was still extremely hard um and I was only eating like congee right I was only eating congee like it's it's super easy to digest um but even that was it was really hard to eat and it was really hard to just get it down there um again like it was physically painful and it was emotionally straining um like I think it took me about 30 minutes like 20 to 30 minutes to eat one bowl like a small bowl of congee um so yeah uh that's what I was dealing with for the past two and a half days I'm feeling a lot better today uh I still don't really have much of an appetite but it's a lot easier to eat now um I added in a little bit of sausages (laughs) to my congee this morning um, because I, I was sick of just eating congee. Like I had two meals yesterday and they were both congee. So I wanted to add a little bit of variety today and I just had some sausages with it and some kimchi, good old kimchi. Um, so I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, still not really having an appetite, but yeah, at least, at least, um, it's not extremely hard to eat anymore. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, I feel like I've spent too much time talking about how I was sick. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay, so basically what I want to talk about today is, you know, the the issue of disability and what I've gone through with this label, this term disability or disabled. Um, and this came to mind when I was reading uh, uh, this book called Sentenced to, Dis- uh, no, not, <laughs> it was called Sentenced to Blindness um, by this Danish author, uh, Morten Bond, I think that's how you say it, I don't know. Um but I'll, I'll write it down in the show notes if you're, if you're uh, interested. But anyways, um, 
it's it's basically written by a man in um like he's in advertising i think it is um for the lego group and he's a senior art director and he is visually impaired he has rp the same thing that i have and um he explains the condition that is rp much better than i can um and he explains it like really easily um like he explains it very like scientifically like in terms of biology but it's very like simple so that anyone can understand like it was really easy for me to understand just because uh i actually have the same thing and so i've been interested in also because i you know i studied biology in high school and i also uh there's also the psychology course that goes over how the eye works in general like on a basic level so i kind of know how it works <clears throat> but he explains it in a very simple easy way to understand and so um yeah i highly recommend you give it a read like not just for that but also for other reasons that i'll be getting into um so yeah um so he talks about how he had to deal with losing his vision while also having to deal with um this new identity of being disabled um and and being blind or at the very least not being able to see like he used to and i could relate to a lot of his uh stories and like his emotional the emotional side um because i went through those just a lot younger um but also there were things that but then there were also sides that i couldn't relate because um like the biggest thing being that he had to go through losing his vision or having uh, less vision than he was used to while also having to deal with uh this new identity this new label of being disabled um and also if you just heard that side that was teddy he's just sleeping next to me um so for him he was diagnosed at the age of i think 29 if i remember correctly like i'm only a third way through but i really love this book um i think he was diagnosed when he was about 29 and i was diagnosed when i was 4 i think so yeah he was definitely a lot older than i was when he got diagnosed and he had his whole life before him just taken away from him like he literally said that like his whole future that he had planned out for himself and his wife and his family just it felt like it had been taken away from him whereas for me i first of all i'm not even 29 um and second i i didn't grow up with having like these quote unquote normal uh goals and dreams you know i didn't have that kind of thing because since i was about like 9ish i always like 8 or 9ish i always kind of knew that i was different from my you know my classmates my peers um which is not the best thing to <laughs> realize at, at that age uh but yeah it was definitely something that i did realize um but i related so much in terms of the emotional side of having less vision he goes into a lot of detail about the anxiety and the fears that he went through when he was losing his vision and he went through that as a as a adult as a full grown adult and i went through that as a child as a teenager um it was my entire life um 
well, most of my life, at least. Um, and even to this day, there's a lot of anxiety that goes into, okay, <laughs> there's a, uh, I think he's dreaming. Um, there's a lot of anxiety and fear that goes into doing something new or going someplace new or finding something. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety and fear into that. Um, and he talks about, he talks about his experiences, his anxiety and his fear so openly and so like it's so raw like maybe I found it to be really raw and open because I could relate but uh, hopefully others can as well but it's it's just like this constant state of anxiety and fear when I when I go out somewhere new and especially if I'm alone Um, I'm always in this constant state of like anxiety and fear uh, because a I can't see right and because and I think maybe this might come from how I grew up basically um where if I couldn't do something I would kind of get yelled at uh, because I look like a normal person like quote-unquote normal uh you know perks of having an invisible disability no I'm being sarcastic um (laughs) uh so I don't know if it comes from that like the anxiety and the fear of potentially getting yelled at I don't know uh, or if it literally just comes from a place of not being able to see, uh, I don't know. But for, uh, this author in his case, I, I do think, and I'm assuming here, uh, I do think that for him, his anxiety and his fear was just coming from the fact that he could no longer see like he used to. I made a mistake of not bringing water with me. Like I said, this is like the second time that I'm recording this and I already spent like the past hour recording. Um, so my throat is kind of going a little dry. And it's starting to hurt and I should have had some water with me, but I didn't. Uh, very smart. Um, we'll see. We'll power through and we'll get this over and done with and then I'll go chunk some water. Um, so yeah, uh, I could relate in terms of like the anxiety and the fear and the stress and all of that. Um, so much. So, 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 so much. Um, it, was, it was very bittersweet because it was like, oh, I relate to that so much. But then with that came all the memories um, that helped me to relate. And not all of those memories are great. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) Um, So in in that sense, like, I could relate with him so much. And it was so easy to read those sections. But the sections where he talks about, um, I mean, first of all, he talks about his life as an adult. You know, I can't relate to that at all because I've never lived a quote-unquote adult life, you know. Um, So that was a bit hard to relate to. But also, I couldn't relate to how he was going through... uh, Going through kind of like two identity crises at the same time that were so linked to one another. Um... Like, he was dealing with losing his vision while also dealing with this new identity of being disabled. Like, for me, I was going through... I mean, I was going through my own identity crisis. uh, But I was also... What is this? I'm getting messages. 
Oh, I'm getting messages from a friend. Okay, I get distracted easily. Um, but I was also dealing... But like I was saying... Um, what was I saying? <laughs> Wait, hold on. What was I saying? Oh, uh, but one thing that I, I could relate with was the fact that he had to... Um, you know, he, he had to deal with this new identity at an age where he already had his own identity. Like he had, he had set who he was in a sense. Right. Um, so for me, like, I mean, he was a full grown adult, but for me, I was arguably a full grown adult (laughs) since it was like two weeks after my birthday, my 18th birthday. Um, but that was basically when I found out that I was disabled. Like I was officially a disabled person. Um, yeah, two weeks after my 18th birthday. It was very surreal for me. And um, for him, it was very difficult. Um, but for me, and I think it was just, there were just a lot of difficulties that came with this new identity of being disabled. But for me, there was a pro and cons. Um, literally just one pro, one huge pro and then two cons. Um, the first one, like the first con being that, you know, the kind of in-your-face one is this new identity of being disabled. I had this new identity, this completely different identity that came with this, this you know, disability. Because um, I grew up thinking I was able-bodied. Like, I didn't think I was disabled. I thought I was an able-bodied person who just happened to have terrible, terrible vision. Um that was how I kind of grew up. I didn't think I was disabled. I didn't think I was different. Um, because I didn't grow up seeing that many people who represented a disabled community. I think for me, when I was growing up, I only saw like two or three people in wheelchairs and that's it. I didn't see anyone with a cane. I didn't see anyone with a service dog of any kind. Um, I didn't see anyone who remotely looked like a disabled person. And Maybe I had come across a lot of people who just so happened to have invisible disabilities. I don't know because um, a lot of people that I come across, they probably don't think that I have a disability, but, you know, they've come across me and I am a disabled person. So maybe I did, but I just didn't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I didn't think I was different because I didn't see myself as one of them, right? Um So I had to come to terms with this whole new identity, this completely opposing identity. Um, While on the other hand, I also had to deal with the fact that I had to confront my own ableist views. And this is embarrassing to say, but I used to think, and this is very, very, very ableist of me, um, but I used to think that somehow disabled people don't have, quote unquote, good lives. Um, Like they have a lesser quality life. Um, which is so wrong to think, but that's just kind of how I thought, like, being disabled meant that you couldn't do certain things, and, like, yeah, sure, there are things that you you just cannot do, like, I'm never gonna be able to comfortably run alone at night, you know, that's just not gonna happen. I also had to come to terms with the fact, and, and I mean, really come to terms and really accept that being disabled isn't bad it doesn't need to change who I am it and it shouldn't change who I am really because 
whether like the day before I got my card saying that I was disabled and the day after I got it the only thing that really changed about me as you know from who I who I am the only thing that changed in regards to who I am as a person was this new identity of being disabled like nothing else about me changed like the things that I like to do didn't change the things that I wanted to do didn't change um my past didn't change so who I am fundamentally doesn't change just because I'm now disabled um but somehow society thinks that it somehow does like being disabled somehow fundamentally changes who I am and I suddenly become like this charity case and this like the topic of disability needs to be tiptoed around when they're talking near me about me um and this happens a lot like it really happens a lot um and I really do try to break the ice a little bit around the topic of disability by doing like by having blind jokes um and it really just it's mostly about like myself um but I find that a lot of people uh get quite uncomfortable with it and the thing is like in a sense blind jokes at least in my case they're basically like self-deprecating jokes right and it's it's funny how when an able-bodied person has uh self-deprecating jokes it's funny it's fine but when a disabled person does it it's it's suddenly like a pity fest um so yeah there's there's that um and i don't like to be responsible for everyone suddenly like in a conversation everyone suddenly being like oh that's so sad and then every everyone being like all sad and upset and and down like i don't want to be responsible for that so that's definitely something that i've noticed um i've also noticed that people don't people don't believe when i say that i'm disabled they don't believe that i'm visually impaired like it's it's mind boggling um because like what why would i be lying about something like this you know uh i'm gaining nothing oh my god they're they're drilling i thought they were done <laughs> i swear people in this building just love to renovate anyways um yeah like what what have i to gain by saying i'm disabled like other than um being able to go about my day and do my own business to live and survive like other than that what i what do i have to gain by telling you i'm disabled and like getting pity looks from you <laughs> oh no they're really drilling i don't know if the mic's picking that up hopefully not um but yeah so it's mind boggling when people don't believe okay that was quite loud i think i think they're done now okay um i guess that like distrust of me saying that i'm disabled i guess that comes from the stereotypes that media portrays of people with visual impairment and i'm i'm assuming other people uh, with other disabilities also go through this And I think another group that also goes through something like this uh might be autism especially in like today today's age um with like Sia's new movie and stuff um but yeah so 
for me, like in, in the case for like visual impairment, when you think of someone as being visually impaired or being blind or something along those lines, you think of someone with a white cane or a guide dog uh, with like a yellow lab or something <laughs> or a golden retriever and, um, and sunglasses, like dark sunglasses. Like that's kind of the stereotypical look the, at the very least, like that's what you expect from a visually impaired person. Um, and then like kind of darker clothes, kind of shabby looking, you know, someone who doesn't really care about their looks because they can't see, right? Um, and that's, that's very much a misconception and that's very much a stereotype. But, be, you know, we all know that media does that and it perpetuates this, this toxic idea of what a certain group of people look like. And I don't fit that look, you know? Um, like, yeah, I like dark clothing. Um, but, and, and, you know, I might not be the best dresser, but I'm not terrible either. Um, I don't have a cane. I mean, I have a cane, but I don't use it. Like, I don't go around my day with it. Like, it's not a daily thing. I think I've used it a grand total of three times at this point. Um, and I've had it for, like, two and a half years. <laughs> so... Uh, so I don't use it every single day. Um, I don't have a guide dog. I don't have, like, I don't wear dark sunglasses. Like, that's such a misconception. Like, people with visual impairment who do wear dark sunglasses, they use it as a protection thing against the sun. Um, and um, I can say this for sure. Um, there are some people out there with visual impairments or visual conditions where uh, it makes your eyes very sensitive to sunlight or just bright light in general. And um, like you just cannot see when it's too bright. Like it's really, it's really weird because um, it's hard for, I guess it's hard for sighted people to understand when I tell them like, I can't see when it's too dark, but I also can't see when it's too bright. Um, because if you just say, oh, I can't see when it's dark, then you would just, assume that I would be able to see when it's bright but yeah like there's there's a sweet spot um I can't see when it's too bright um so yeah like it's a protection thing against the sun it's to be able to see it's to protect what vision you do have left because majority of the visually impaired blind community can see something um like in the case of Korea I think it was like 26 percent of people of visually impaired people see nothing whereas the remaining 74 percent of people actually do see something you know it might not be a lot but they do see something um whether that's just like light and shadow perception or whether that's like something blurry and fuzzy or whether it's like me you know like just a little bit of central vision left um and i can't remember exactly but i think it was like the statistics for north america so like the u.s and canada i think um it was like 10 percent of people who uh, identify as being blind or visually impaired, see nothing, whereas the remaining 90% see something. So a lot of the times, people who say that they're visually impaired or blind see something, you know, um, which means that they're going to want to protect their eyes if, you know, if that's what they want, you know, um, or at least just to be able to, or at least just be able to see a little bit. Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll wear sunglasses, but I, I don't because, um, I don't have prescription sunglasses. Um, I don't think they make lenses that are that strong. 
I don't think. I don't know. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess they could, except it would be like really thick. I don't know if they still have like the same kind of compression technique for sunglasses lenses. I guess they do. I don't know, but I haven't, I haven't gotten them. Um, so for me, when I have to think about like getting my sunglasses out, I have to think, okay, do I want to protect my eyes from the sun, but also risk not being able to see things and having blurry vision and making it more likely that I will trip over something or injure myself? Or do I want to just use my hands as a sun visor, walk around with an aching arm, but be able to see? (laughs) Um, And a lot of the times I'll just walk around with my hand up because A, it's faster and B, it's it's safer for me in my head. Um, So I don't wear sunglasses. So in that sense, I look nothing like the stereotypical blind, visually impaired person. And so I guess that kind of makes it harder for people to believe that I am disabled. But then again, like, what do I have to gain from me telling you that I'm blind? It, it boggles the mind. Um, so that's something I have to deal with. And another thing that I've had to come to terms with very recently, um, and this is something that I've been putting off for a while, and that is that being disabled will mean that my life will be a lot slower than my friends or at least my peers. I'm not going to be able to do things that they're going to be able to do at a certain point. Like for me, it's probably going to take a little longer to achieve the same goals. Um, because I, I have to also deal with the things that society you know, has against disabled people. Um, you know, I've, I've got to get through ableism. And ableism isn't as high profile as like racism or sexism or uh, homophobia, right? It's not as high. I mean, it's getting there, but it's still very much not that high up um, in terms of importance in a lot of people's minds. Um, So that's something I've had to come to terms with as well. Um, It's not easy because I've, you know, I've got my own ambitions. I've got things I want to do. But yeah, I've had to come to terms with and just accept that for me, it's probably going to just take a lot longer than I want it to. Um, And I just have to be patient and I have to play the long game, which isn't great. (laughs) It doesn't make me feel great. I'm not going to lie. But again, like it's something that I have to deal with. And I wish no one would ever have to deal with what I had to and have to. In the, like you know in the future generations if there is a future with climate change and everything um but yeah like that's that's something i've had to deal with and come to terms with it as well and um and another thing that i've had to come to terms with is just telling people it's not easy like again i guess this kind of links with the whole not believing thing um but being like not being believed a certain number of times makes you just kind of give up. Um, at least, well, at least for me, it kind of made me give up on just telling people um, that I have a visual disability. And when I do that and they don't know, and then I do something that is very, very VI, <laughs> um, they'll look at me strange. And I have to come up with some really random ridiculous reason excuse for me doing the thing that I do 
and again, like this is something that um, comes up in the book where uh, like he hadn't told anyone of his uh, visual impairment, especially not at work, uh, other than I think it was his boss. Um, but he had to come up with these really random excuses. And he, I think, I think um, well, at least the way he wrote it kind of made it seem like he um, <clears throat> always kind of laughed it off and kind of said that it was, you know, he wasn't paying attention, he was being absent-minded, things like that, like being clumsy and all of that. And, and the same thing goes for me. Like I used to do this a lot when I was younger, uh, when, you know, when I wanted to fit in, um, cause that's what you do when you're a kid. Right. Um, I would, I would do that. Like I would, you know, like if I was, uh, meeting someone and they didn't know, um, and they were like, I was waving at you. Why didn't you see me? Like you just walked by and I just be like, Oh, sorry. I, I was just really thinking about something. Like I, I have a lot of my mind when in actual fact, I legit did not see them. Like I had, I didn't have anything on my mind. Um, if anything, I had, you know, finding this friend on my mind. Uh, but I just, I had to lie about it because I hadn't told them because I wasn't ready to like, A, I wasn't ready to and B, I was scared to. And, you know, like, I didn't know how they were going to react to it because I got so many reactions as a, as a kid, you know, there were people who didn't believe me. There were people who just kind of brushed it off like it was nothing, like, like in terms of like, it was nothing important. Um, not in terms of like, oh yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Like you can be disabled. I'll help you out. It's nothing. Not like that in terms of like nothing as in like, it's not important, whatever. Like, I'm not going to listen to you kind of nothing. Um, and then, you know, there were people who were like, okay, I see you. I get it. And then there was nothing else. Like they'd be like, yeah, I know you're disabled. Cool. And then that was it. And then finally there's like the people and these are only like a few, a handful at the time. And honestly now, like it's still relatively less than the other three kind of people. Um, but these people would be like, okay, I hear you. I get it. What can I do to help you? Um, and those people are hard to come by, <laughs> which isn't exactly encouraging. It's hard to come by, uh, but they're becoming a lot more frequent now that I'm getting older. Um, yeah. So there's, I mean, I guess that's kind of encouraging. Um, so there are a lot of things that come with this identity of being disabled, this label of disability. And there are a lot of things that I have to consider when telling people when being open of um, my visual impairment because, like, you know, literally just because of ableism in, in our society. It's not fun. It's not fun. Um, but it's reality. I'm not saying it's okay. And I, I really don't want it to be this way. I want it to change, obviously. Uh, but it is the way that it is right now. And so there's a lot of things that kind of go in my head whenever I'm thinking of something. Um, I don't know if any of <laughs> what I said today made sense. Like I didn't write notes or anything. I just wanted this to be kind of like me just talking. So I don't know if any of this made sense. Hopefully it does. Um, but yeah, like ultimately I really do recommend that you check out the book Sentence to Blindness. 
Um, you can get a hard copy or you can get the Kindle version. Um, I got the Kindle version. Um, but yeah, like, give it a read. It's, I mean, like I said, like, I'm only a third way through, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really good. And, um, there are bits that are meant to be funny, so laugh. <laughs> um, they're not supposed to be, like, bits for you to pity and be like, oh, poor him. They're supposed to be funny, so laugh. Um, feel free to laugh. Um, from a VI person, they're supposed to be funny, and oh my god, there was this one bit that made me laugh so much. Um, so yeah, like, give it a read. It's, it's so good. Like, he's, he writes about his experiences so well, and just know that a lot of his experiences I relate to so much, uh, so much. And yeah, so if you have the time and if you're interested, and I highly recommend you actually really do give this a go, uh, give it a read. Seriously, it's not that long of a book. I think it's only like 350 pages or something. Um, so it's not terribly long. Um, and the way he writes, it's, it's really easy to read. It's definitely a bit of a page turner. Um, so yeah, like I honestly, I have to take a couple breaks in between while I'm reading it because of um, all the memories that it kind of brings back for me. Uh, you know, they're just things that I have to work through. And honestly, I don't know if I'll ever get over them, but you know, there's something that I have to get through. Um, but for you, I mean, if you're not disabled or if you're not visually impaired, then like you'd probably read it pretty quickly because it's, it's so, it's so fascinating. It's, it's such a good read. So yeah, um, I'm going to stop gushing about it now. Um, I'll put the book title and everything, all the details in the show notes. So if you're interested, you can check it out and yeah, uh, that's about it. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Um, I forgot to ask how the weather is where you are. Uh, I normally do that, but yeah, anyways, uh, for Seoul today, it's really sunny. It's 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 a bit chilly but it's really sunny it's really nice um the sky is not that blue but it's okay because the sun's out so i'm not complaining um so yeah uh, thank you so much for listening um i'd really appreciate it if you left a review or a rating i'd really appreciate that um that would be amazing and um you can follow the twitter at day to night pod um where i'll upload Right now, I'm not really doing anything with it other than just posting when I have a new episode out. But maybe later, I'll try some things on it. I don't know. Um, so you can follow the Twitter for that. And I will come talk to you next week. Don't forget to smile. Bye.